Hey guys, welcome to You Got This, The Journey. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus. I'm on a journey right now to become the absolute best version of me. I want to find ways that I can improve mentally, physically, and spiritually. So every week, I'm going to open up about my journey and talk about tips and tricks of what's working for me and what's not working for me. I'll also be interviewing guests who will share their stories too. Together, we will inspire one another to become the absolute best versions of ourselves. So join me every week on this journey. And remember, you got this. What's up, journeyers? I'm so bummed that I'm now coming on the microphone two weeks in a row in this bummed, congested, ugh state. But this is where... Freaking at. And guess what, you guys? The reason this is happening, and I didn't know this last time I got on the microphone with you guys, is it happened. I got COVID. I got freaking COVID, you guys. Gosh, I thought I was Wonder Woman. I literally joked about it with Kyle's family. Like, I was Wonder Woman of COVID. Two years, I haven't gotten it. I've been around people who had it, and I've stayed strong. It didn't get me. But it has. It hit me this week. And I didn't know that last time I got on the microphone with you guys, but found that out this week. I have just been lying in bed sick, feeling like crap. Oh, it's just been awful. But I'm on the up. Don't you guys worry. I'm feeling a lot better. Things are looking good. And I'm just excited to get back on track, like get my health back where I could get back to the gym. I haven't worked out in a week. Literally, officially today, it's been a week since I've worked out, which you guys know working out is so important to me. Like it's so weird that I haven't worked out that long and that's been very hard, but important to rest and to take care of myself and get myself healthy again so that I can work out. So been resting a lot. Um, honestly, really just sleeping and watching a ton of crappy reality TV shows, which I would be more than happy to give my reviews on. So if anybody is curious what my thoughts are on the ultimatum, Selling Sunset or Vanderpump Rules, I will gladly give you my review. <laughs> no, but I've just been been resting. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, you saw that I posted that I have COVID. So it's been a very, very quiet week for me. But I did do a lot of uh, wedding vendor shopping. And I think I've made some decisions. So that'll be fun to come back to you guys with. So make sure you send any questions on that for my birthday episode. That'll be next week. If you have any other questions for me on anything in life, just send them my way. But that's it, you guys. I don't have any fun, exciting updates. COVID just freaking sucks. It does. And I was supposed to have my engagement party this weekend. I was so looking forward to celebrating with friends. I was devastated when I found out I had COVID. But you know what? Honestly, it was meant to be because this weekend in New Jersey, it is pouring rain, worse weather. So on a day where there's brighter weather and better health, that's when we'll be able to celebrate. So I'm looking at this all as just this is how it's it's meant to happen, right? <laughs> Trying to see the positive here. Um, but but yeah, and I'm still going to find ways to celebrate. By the time it's my birthday, I will be out of quarantine, luckily. So I'll be able to at least do some sort of celebrating, whatever that may be. But I'll figure it out. But yeah, you guys, that is it. But the journey continues. Being sick happens on the journey. This shit happens, you know, whatever. And we we take care of ourselves, do what we got to do to get better and we move on, right? But I did make sure to have a great interview prepared for you guys today with my friend Anya. She's the value coach who's going to talk to you all about how you can, you know, know what your value is and how to show it, show up and be the confident person that you're meant to be. So hope you guys enjoy that. And um, here's to brighter days ahead, right? To good health and to a better week. I promise. Well, I'm not going to promise this. I was going to say, I promise next time I come on, I won't be (laughs) sick, but I can't promise you that. But I'm hopeful that I'll come on and I'll be in much, much better spirits. But thank you guys for all the well wishes and everything. And yeah, I'm going to go back to bed now because I've got COVID brain. If you haven't had COVID, you may not know this, but COVID brain is like the best excuse you could use because you're just constantly forgetting shit. You can't keep anything on track. So you just say COVID brain and it's, it's a great excuse that everybody can relate to. <laughs> All right, you guys, I got to go to bed. But anyway, here it is. Another interview with one of our awesome inspirational guests, Anya. 
All right. Hello, my journeyers, and welcome to another episode of You Got This, The Journey. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus, and with me today, I have the value coach, Anya Goldsby. Anya, thank you so, so much for joining me today on our podcast. I just am so excited to talk with you about this conversation because I had so many questions come through of people not knowing like how to show their value in a world where, where it feels like everyone's doing everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited for the conversation, Shannon. So thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, of course. So, so tell me, like, how did you become the value coach? Why is this something that you decided to do? Yeah, so it is definitely a long story, but uh, I'll give you the short version. So um, myself as the value coach really kind of started to come about uh, roughly uh, almost exactly a year ago, actually. I got on Clubhouse um, back in December of 2020. Um, like a lot of people during the pandemic, um, we were looking for new things. And you know, Clubhouse was something that I kind of fell into. And that sort of introduced me to this world of public speaking. So I'm an attorney by training trade. But during that time, um, I was kind of in transition, figuring out sort of what my next steps were. So I was already coaching um, pre-law students and law students sort of on their legal journeys. But as time went on, one of the things that was this recurring theme was that they didn't understand how valuable they were. So for anyone that doesn't know, right now in the U.S., only 5% of lawyers are Black and less than 2% of U.S. lawyers are Black women. So most of the students that were coming to me were already in this space and place where they didn't see a lot of people that look like them where they wanted to go, right? So I have my own personal experience as a Black woman and an attorney that's gone through this journey. And so when I started my business, I knew that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to help them because it is difficult, but it's not impossible. But it is better when you have somebody that's been through it and that you can go to as a guide to help you get there. But what I was hearing was time and time again, Coach Anya, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can be a lawyer. Look at my LSAT score. Look at my GPA, but this, but that. And I had to kind of look at them and tell them, hey, listen, if this is what you want to do, and this is where you're being led, you have to believe that you're worthy of that. And so that's where the value coach really started to come from. This acronym came to me um, and value stands for using your voice to advocate so others can learn and understand your excellence. Once that hit me, I realized, okay, I'm on to something here. As months went on, I kind of fell into the value coach as a brand. And so I've now expanded to not only just coaching pre-law and law students, but I also now focus on professional women, specifically leaders, lawyers, and legislators. So I'm excited. Wow. That's, that's amazing too, because I think a lot of the people that you work with, in my opinion, you know, not being a lawyer working in politics or anything like that. I look at a lot of those people as confident people who are so smart and know themselves, but even people like that have to come to you for help. It doesn't even matter how much schooling you've gone through or how much experience you've had. I think there's always going to be a level of self-doubt that can play into it where you need to overcome some of those limiting beliefs in your head to, to see your true value and see why you deserve your seat at the table. A hundred percent. And that was kind of my personal journey that I had to go through, right? Um, one of the things that I think also really pushed me into this work was I didn't realize that I was as valuable as I was. I had a lot of experiences, particularly as a Black woman in the legal profession, feeling like I wasn't fitting in. I always felt like an outsider. I always felt like I just wasn't appreciated for who I was. I have so many stories. I couldn't even tell you days going to work, feeling like I wasn't supposed to be there. I'd show up to court and they would think I was the client. I'd show up to depositions and they would think I was the court reporter. So it's like this identity of who I was as a lawyer wasn't good enough because when they saw me, they saw me as a black woman. And so it was like this, this never ending feeling of like, well, is, is this right? Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing when I'm showing up as my authentic self, but I'm still not even valued by society when I show up? And so that was a really, really hard thing that I had to go through and a battle that I really struggled with for years because I was questioning myself, my worth and my value just based on how I was perceived in society. And so I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, that's that's really frustrating that you know, you go into a room and somebody can make such quick judgment and not think you're 
as valuable. And then you're, you're there for other reasons. Like you said, as like the, the client or, you know, as the um, reporter instead of the lawyer, Uh, you know, what's interesting too, though, is like at the beginning, you were saying you work with clients who felt like they didn't have anybody to relate with. Like there's nobody like them. There's, I believe you said 2% of black women are lawyers. Yeah. See, okay. So this is such an interesting conversation we're going to have because obviously I have no idea what it's like to be a black female lawyer. I'm a white female podcast host. (laughs) It's very different. However, what I would, the way I interpreted it was almost like, wow, like there's nobody here like me. Maybe I have a chance to stand out. Maybe I'm something new. Maybe I'm somebody else, but you're presenting it in a way that's making me think differently from what I originally thought. Or it's like, no, like there's nobody to look at and turn to. There's nobody who I can say, oh, that's that's who I'm going to go sit with, if you will, like the lunch table at school, it almost feels like to me. But it's interesting because like at first I was like, wow, I would have thought, you know, I'm different. There's not somebody there who's already doing this. I'm the one that can stand out. But it sounds like, no, that's not the case. Yeah, it's a really tough battle. And that is why I think um, I had this recent revelation that I'm specifically called to work with leaders, lawyers and legislators, because when you're in this space where there aren't a lot of people that are like you, it is isolating. It, It truly is. And as humans, I think we know this, we all want to have this sense of belonging. It's normal for us, right? We want to be a part of groups because that makes us feel included. And, and, and that's not a bad thing, but when you are in that position where you're actually the only one, or dare I say, you're really called to something higher and greater, you're going to be in this place of isolation. And sometimes that's not a good feeling. And so the reason why I know I'm called to this is because I've had some of those experiences. And so there are particular specific things that I think we have to focus on as the next generation of leaders, lawyers, and legislators, the people that are called to actually make this world a bigger and better place that other people may not understand. And so I can tell you personally, I felt like I was moving around. My story is very non-traditional. When I graduated from law school, I worked at one law firm, then I worked at an insurance company, then I worked at another firm and another firm. And I realized I was trying to fit into a box that really wasn't designed for me to fit in. And it wasn't until I said to myself, you know what, Anya, you don't have to fit into somebody else's box. Why don't you go build your own? So instead of sitting at somebody else's table, I'd rather start my own table. And I think in doing that and really resonating with the fact that sometimes we're meant for more and we're not meant to fit in and accepting that and accepting that higher calling is going to free us to actually really value ourselves and be the best version of who we're called to be. Mm, You know, it's, it's interesting. And I want to talk about the importance of community and how to find it, because it almost sounds like what you were saying at first was like, you really want to find your community because community is important to not feel isolated. But then at the same time, if you're constantly looking for community where you're just trying to fit in, then you're not going to really achieve the community that you need. So talk to me a bit about the importance of community and the, the right way to find yours. Yeah, that's a really good point. One of the things I I talk about in my coaching is the importance of building a tribe. um, But I also like to call it sometimes a personal board of directors. So you want a group of people, (laughs) right, that are around you. So if if you are like the, the board, right, you're the person that's the organization, who do you want there sitting with you representing you at this table, you have to have a lot of different type of people and you got to have people that are going to be there to support you. So everyone may, everyone isn't going to be the same. You're not going to have it as a black woman. I'm not going to have only black women at my table. It's great to have a group of black women that I can go to, but it's also very important, particularly when you're trying to elevate yourself in a field, in a profession where a lot of people don't look like you, you have to have white men. I have mentors and sponsors that don't look like me, and I have some that do. The most important thing, though, is to find a group of people that you can actually resonate with and the people that actually support your vision and who you're actually trying to be. And you may have multiple groups and multiple tribes. So I would say having a mentor is very important because that's going to be that person that you can look up to, right? That's going to be the person that has maybe done at least some aspect of what you want to do. Even if it's not exactly, you can go to that for advice. But the sponsor is going to be that person that's going to speak up for you when you're not in the room. So 
for me personally, I know I'm called to entrepreneurship, but there may be a lot of people that are leaders, but they still want to be within an organization. And in order to elevate yourself within an organization, you have to know the structure and the systems that are in place. And if you haven't been there before, you're not going to know how to do it. And so that's why having people that are going to speak up for you when you're not there is very crucial. And those sponsors really play that key role. But then the tribe can be friends, they can be family members, they can be other people that understand who you are, what you're called to be, and they can really be there to support you and help elevate you up. So it's a it's a process to do. And I would say for anybody that's struggling and figuring that out, just go be who you are, go do the things that you love to do. And naturally, you're going to find people in different places and spaces that you're going to be able to bring into your community and build that yourself. Mm, you know, Something that I thought about, because I think it is it, community is so important. I've learned that on my journey as well. So I cannot agree with you more. And I like the way that you said it as board of directors, because then it's not just community, but it's like, who are you allowing to impact you, your business? Who's going to be there, like affecting the things that matter most? It's not just community. Community is important, but I like board of directors. It has like a bit more power and professionalism to it. So I enjoyed that a lot. But, you know, something that I want to ask you is, when it comes to community or this group of people, I think what can happen a lot is our like judgment or who we are gets muddled because we start to try and like clone ourselves to the people around us. I mean, it happens all the time. Like I could go to Texas and come home with a Texas accent that I'm in New Jersey for a week and I'm back to my New Jersey accent. <laughs> like this happens and it's natural. I think with people with different friend groups they're with, you act maybe a different way than you normally do. And with that, sometimes people, their value and who they are gets muddled. So do you have tips for, for being able to find who you are and your value to keep it shining through and staying true to who you are, no matter what community you're with? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, one of the things that I had to learn was I'm going to be Anya regardless of what group or environment that I'm in. And that comes along with, um, I think, just years of experience, but also just being comfortable with myself. So if you are at work, if you're at home, you should still be the same you. But if you're not actually confident and comfortable in who you are when you're by yourself, there's no way you're going to be able to do that when you're actually around another group of people. And so for me, I actually started um, as a Christian, really just going to God and kind of getting a better, clear sense of who I am and what sort of my overall purpose was. So I was always Anya. I may not have been Anya, the value coach or the lawyer, even when I was a young age, but those core things that I had within me was always there. So I was always a leader. There was always something within me that had this strong and powerful voice that wanted to help others. And so when you tap into the core part of who you are, you spend time with yourself, you pray, you meditate, whatever it is that you need to do to kind of get into a quiet space and spend time with yourself. Once you have that, then you can actually go out and realize yeah, somebody may say something, but it's not going to actually influence and impact who you are at the core. I think mm -hmm. it's great to learn from other people. It absolutely is. I have coaches and, and people that I have learned many things from, but when it comes to the core of who I am, nobody is going to be able to tell you that but yourself. Yeah. You know, I want to really dive into this, this subject of finding your value, because I mean, you even said it earlier. I feel like you were saying a lot of things that your client said to you, where it's like, you know, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. My LSAT scores were low, like all the examples you were giving. And I really want to dive into like, how do you help your clients find their specific value? Yeah. So one of the first things that I talk to my clients about is having a clear picture of who they are, how they add value and what their why is. I, I call it my, my value statement. That's one of the signature things that I do when I work with one of my clients. But even before you get to that part, you have to start with the who are you aspect. So obviously spending time with yourself is a good idea, right? But I think going back to the basics, what do you like to do? What is exciting to you? What is fun? What are you passionate about? Where are you spending your time, your attention, and your resources? That's a good way to at least get an idea of where maybe some of the value that you bring to the table at least stems from. And then from there, I think I just have this gift of being able to ask sort of questions 
kind of pull things out of people. One of the the, uh, brainstorming exercises that I do is called a reverse interaction. And so basically what it is, is I talk to my clients and I say, okay, if you're in a room, you're networking with somebody, you're trying to get a job um, for my pre-law students, listen, you wanna go to this law school, at the end of them reading your personal statement or at the end of this interaction, what do you want them to say about you? And when you think about it in that reverse context, it actually allows them to realize, well, what impact do I want my statement, what I'm saying, how I'm coming across to make on this particular person? And when they do it that way, then I kind of come back and say, let's talk about some of these qualities. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? Who are you? Let's talk about some of your actual traits and qualities. So I really do a whole deep dive in some of your specific characteristics and traits. So not just how you look, but how you show up. What what are those words that you would use to describe yourself? How would your friends describe you? So there's a whole process to it. But at the end of it, once you kind of think about what impact you want to make and what you're actually excited about doing, and then you flip it, that's going to allow you to really create a strong and powerful value statement. So when you show up, you're showing up as your authentic self, but you're doing it in this way where you're actually communicating your value with clarity and with confidence, because that's the key. A lot of people that I know may have the best skill sets, maybe the best at whatever it is that they're doing. But if they don't actually show up with confidence and they're not communicating their value with clarity, they're not going to be able to elevate themselves and get the value that they want because they're not doing it in the most effective way. Yeah. You know, I think the questions that you were saying that you ask your clients and have them ask themselves is really important because if you simply just ask yourself or ask somebody, who are you? It's like, I don't know. You've opened Pandora's box. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, I used to be a dancer. I'm good with Excel. Like, (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. That's hard. So diving into each of those particulars. And then I really liked what you said about changing the reflection of it, because I think when you think of what do you want people to know you for? What do you want to be known for? That provides a lot of answer of like, what do you want your purpose to be? And then for the purpose, find the values values that are going to support that purpose coming true. Um, and also, you know, I think that for a lot of people, even once they find it though, and you, you kind of were touching on this in the next piece is like, okay, you found it, but how do you show up with confidence and clarity where you're still not muddled in your statement and you're still not maybe shaking or doubting yourself and thinking, Oh, but that's not really me. Or I don't know if I could do that. So how do you take it to the next level to get the clients to believe in themselves and really show up confidently. Yeah, so a lot of that starts with um, really figuring out where the questions are coming from. What I have noticed, and I have a free uh, download that I offer on my website, it's seven reasons why you aren't getting your value. The number one reason is because they don't know it. But let's assume they actually know what their value is. It's usually tied to some level of them putting their value to a number or putting their value in the hands of other people. And so my personal story, as I mentioned, going around as a black woman and an attorney in some of these environments, I actually allowed other people to try to tell me what my value was. And so when you do that, you'll start to question things about who you are. You may know it, you just forgot because you started listening to other people. You allowed their voice to be the dominant voice instead of being uh, confident within your own voice and focusing on you. And it's, and it's natural, right? It is normal to do that. We are in so many different environments all the time. We've got so many things coming at us at any point in time. And so sometimes it's like, well, is this right? Am, am I actually this? Should I be doing this? It, it's normal to question things, but that comes from spending time with yourself and being confident in the core of who you are. When I realized that I was going to do whatever it took to be the best version of Anya and really figured out what this message was as the value coach. You couldn't tell me anything. It's like when you know a confident woman, when she walks into a room, she's not worried about what anybody else says about her. She doesn't care what people think because she's confident in who she is. doesn't matter what she looks, looks like. It doesn't matter what other people say. It matters what she feels and what she believes. So usually the root cause to everything 
everything is that they don't believe they're worthy of where they want to go. You have to believe that. Once you have that core belief, you're unstoppable because you believe it. And then you're going to do everything you can in your power to achieve what you believe you are. But you have to, at the root of it, truly, truly believe within yourself that you are capable of whatever it is that you want. And that's the issue that I see most of my clients struggle with. Yeah. It's so, so interesting that we're talking about this because I literally did a TikTok today where I was telling people the difference between a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And I was telling people how we can get into a growth mindset. And I was talking about the different challenges overcome. It's a series I'm working on. And one of them was the way that we take feedback or criticism. And that's something that keeps people in a fixed mindset is because they take it harshly. They put so much power into it. They give so much worth to the person that's giving them that feedback instead of them being confident in themselves, taking that and looking at it from just a, okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Going to take it in and choose what to do with it. And so I think so much we're putting value into other people's opinions. And I do think it's because sometimes we, number one, don't want to be stubborn in who we think we are, but then we're also like, I don't know, am I full of shit? Like, do I just think this, but it's not true? So then we look to other people like validate me, like tell me that I actually am this, you know what I mean? And then also what happens, and I would love to hear your take on this, is I think sometimes we think, okay, I found my value. Let's say you walk into a room where you're networking or you're meeting other people in your industry and you realize that what you do is what a million other people in this room also do. And so you don't know, even though you're confident in who you are and you know what your value is, you're seeing a room of people who have pretty similar values and that's lowering your confidence. How, when we're surrounded by people who seem to have similar values that we do, can we continue to stand out and be confident? Mm -hmm. That comes from realizing that there's only one you. That's what I tell my clients. You can be a teacher and I can be a teacher, but you and I don't have the same valuable content that we're bringing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, and I, I say this too, as a Christian, I truly believe that everyone is called for a specific purpose. And in that purpose, you're actually called to an assignment. There are some, there are people that are specifically assigned to your message and my message. And so you and I can say the exact same thing, Shannon, but it's going to resonate differently with one person than somebody else, because they may be called to you and not me and vice versa. And so what we have to realize is that we are all uniquely valuable because there's only one one of us. Nobody is going to show up as you and nobody is going to show up as me. We all bring value just by being who we are. We don't have to do anything special. And once we really understand that and really hone in on that and believe that, that's when doesn't matter what everybody else is doing because you're still you. I don't care. You can be a great coach. You're not the value coach. You're not Anya. You're not me. You you could do great stuff. We could even be doing the same program, but I'm telling you, it's not going to be the same because the way you're going to do it isn't going to be the same way that I do it. And so when you realize your unique value, that's how you're going to show up and you're not going to care what anybody else has to say. You know, I am appreciating this conversation so much because I'm going to be honest, journeyers, like I struggle with this, even as a coach that helps people find confidence to achieve their goals. I struggle with it. Like I am just now really getting to the next phase of my speaking career. And I'm going through all of this where it feels like everybody's a speaker and there's all these topics. And I have to, you know, to have these talks with my coach to be like, like remind me and help me to like show me why I deserve my seat at the table. But you know what I think happens too is like, and I'm starting to realize this and I'm curious, you know, to hear what you have to say, but there's so much like self love and appreciation you have to have for yourself. Because I think what happens a lot of time is you're looking at other people saying like, like, for example, the teacher example that you gave, well, Anya is better with kids. Anya is better at speaking from the classroom. All the teachers love her. It's like you stop realizing like what's good about you because you're just focusing on what you're loving about everybody else. And so I think there's so much time we have to spend with ourselves to be like, but I love this about me. And this is why I'm doing this. And this is why I'm special and what makes me different. Yeah, I think that's key, right? So sometimes uh, there are things that we may even look at as flaws. And I'll, I'll give, give myself as an example to be fully transparent. Um, so I am 32 years old right now, and I was only diagnosed with ADHD two years ago. Um, and it took me even just this past year to start taking medication, because I always felt like there was the stigma attached to it. Like there was something wrong with me with, with this neurodiversity thing. And, you know, oh, I'm, I'm missing something and I should be this or it doesn't matter. 
I think you have to start looking at those things that you may think as flaws as your superpower. That's part of who you are. And that's also part of your journey. So one of the things that I really stress to people that I work with is that this really is a journey. And so when we are in the process of getting to our higher version of ourselves, we have to realize that it's a process. So you're going to go through things, you're going to struggle, and sometimes you're going to experience pain. But I always say that there is pain in preparation for our ultimate purpose. And so going through those things are actually necessary for us to learn things about ourselves and for us to then be able to communicate that in our message and to use that to help whatever it is that we're called to do. I truly believe all of us have some level of service in us. We're called to serve in some capacity. It mm -hmm. just may be, again, we all have different, uh, different assignments and different people that we're called to, but we're called to serve doing whatever it is that we're called to do. But we have to accept the fact that there is a process, there is learning, there is growth and development that has to take place in order for us to get there. <laughs> and I'll tell myself again, I had a moment literally today, this morning, where I had to say to myself, Anya, it is okay to slow down. And it is okay yes. to not be where you want to be. I find myself particularly as someone that struggles with ADHD, always running around and moving and doing so much that I have to remind myself to slow down because by doing that, I'm going to be able to appreciate the experience that I'm going through at this time, but I'm also going to be able to be better for my clients and who I'm serving because I'm not running around all crazy. Things take time and we can't put pressure on situations that aren't ready. So God has been telling me personally to just slow down. I got it. Your time is your time and we can't rush the process. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so interesting. I've seen several studies showing the similarities between ADHD and anxiety and how very similar they are and how people with ADHD often do suffer from anxiety because there's this, um, like hamster wheel thing that's happening where you're looking, 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 go, go, going. And it's creating this anxiety where you feel maybe out of control or you're constantly worried about the future and not getting present. And, you know, I suffer with that too, is I'm focusing on why Shannon isn't at Shannon five years from now at this moment. And it's like, obviously <laughs> we know why it's not five years from now, but it's something that that is hard. And I like what you're talking about right now, because I think that is what is key in a growth mindset is you see obstacles as opportunities. You don't see failures as failures. They're stepping stones to the next place you want to be. And somebody could have seen that diagnosis or seen, you know, struggles and been like, all right, I'm tracked out. I can't do that anymore. You know, you have the fixed mindset of like, all right, I can't do this. I don't want to, or, or you get frustrated with yourself, but you took it as a way to, I think, pivot and reshape your value, which we're all going to have to do in life. Like, I feel like your value could be something today, but a couple months from now, a couple of years from now, it could be something totally different because life's going to happen. Things are going to come our way where we shift what we want, but also life shifts to where things are just different in our lives. It's not going to be the same anymore. Yeah, that's so important too. And, you know, one of the things that I had to learn, particularly along the way of my journey is to be okay with failing. I know a lot of people don't like that word, but I mean, it's just part of life and reality. You are going <laughs> to fail at something at some point. I mean, I'm, you're talking to a woman who uh, had to take the LSAT twice and didn't do super well on my score, but I still got into law school. You're talking to a woman who failed the bar exam the first time she took it. And I felt like I had failed in life. This is what I was called to do. I'm an attorney. And then I didn't pass the bar exam. And so you know, I put so much pressure on myself and obviously I passed and, you know, I'm, I'm here as a practicing attorney today, but we have to realize that those failures really are what's going to shape us to be better. And then I think I told you, um, I got into politics last year and I ran for mayor of my town and I lost my election, but I never look at that as a loss or a true failure because there were so many lessons in that process. But along the way, because of those things that I've experienced, that has now shaped my story and who I am and how I can help people. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I hate the word failure, but you can't help but use the word failure because like there's no other word for it. There's like, there's going to be fails in life, but then I hate using that word because it's like, but it's not a failure. Like there's a, I do believe there's a reason for it. And I know there's toxic positivity. People say you can't say everything happens for a reason, but like there's so many obstacles in life where they did happen for a reason. And there, there is you know, meaning behind it. And so I think that so many people 
like, obviously, I don't think you can look at that for every single situation, but there are things in life that like, they're teaching you something for the next step. And I think it's just so important to have an open mind to try not to analyze in that moment. Why is this happening to me? But see later on why it had to happen for your journey. 100%. And (laughs) there's a few things that I'm thinking of now that happened to me a couple years ago that I'm like, ah, I'm getting it a little bit more now. That makes so much (laughs) sense. It takes time. It really, it really, really does. And so, you know, something else too is like, I feel like people can get impatient with the process as well. Kind of like we were talking about where they found their value, they're doing all the right steps and then it's not happening instantaneously. And then I think they start to doubt their value, think they need to like totally, you know, revisit and like rechange everything instead of just like being patient and living in the truth of who they are. Do you see that a lot with people that they're just impatient wanting to get to that next step once you've helped them to find what is their value is? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I said, I'm kind of guilty of it myself. And so one of the lessons I think I have learned is that it's it's always an ongoing growth process. But one one thing that I teach in my coaching is um, I call it my 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 Ava method. So it's assessment, vision, and action. And this is how I kind of help my clients realize that it's always ongoing. So if you have an ultimate goal, something that you want to do, something that you want to achieve, you have to first assess where you are now and how you got there, because you're not going to be able to figure this out without taking a look at what's going on currently and what your current situation is. So once you've gone through that assessment, then it's all about creating a vision for where you want to go. You have to be able to see it because if you can't see it and you don't have a clear understanding of the vision, it's going to be very difficult for you to actually get it done. And so that's a very important step in the process. But then it's all about actually doing the work, right? Taking those action steps to get there. So it's a very simple method, but I use that to accomplish everything. And I think it's very applicable to a lot of different fields and a lot of different people that are struggling to actually accomplish something. Go back to the basics, assess where you are, create a vision for where you want to go, and then take the action steps to get there. Obviously, it's more complicated because you have to fill things in. But when you focus on that part of it, you'll probably realize that you're missing something in that process. One of those steps isn't clear. And once you actually get clarity on that, that's going to actually make it easy for you to be able to continue moving forward. Mm, You know, I'm curious, what do you think about like vision boards and affirmations and other like actual, like, I'm trying to think of like visual, like things in front of you instead of it just being up here in your head, because like a lot of the things you're talking about, I'm like, wow, yeah, like that's super helpful. And these are great tools, but somebody could easily lose motivation one day, or they could like, you know, start off strong during the week. But then at the end of the week, they kind of fell off track. Do you use any of those types of resources with your clients? A hundred percent. So with my group coaching course right now, um, I'm really pushing my value journal. And so I'll be probably publishing that um, in the next uh, few months as a a full-fledged resource. But one of the things that I do in that is a sort of daily dose of value. So I force my clients to think about their value every single day. So they do value affirmations. So I tell them to fill in the blank. I am valuable because, and then I want you to fill that in with whatever your value affirmation is for that particular day. So it may resonate with different people, but what I think is really important in that is to make sure you have something visual. But one of the other things that I also do is I I create a board. So I have multiple I I like vision boards, but I actually like to call them commitment boards because I think it's, yes, seeing things visually is helpful, but I like to write down things and say, this is what I'm committed to doing. And when I do that, to me, it's more real. It it feels like it's something that I'm saying yes to because I'm committed to what the process is. And then I've actually mapped out a plan. So I do have vision boards that give me some basic general things. I have a board that I write all of my affirmations in. I'm, I'm at probably 40 plus at this point. And then I have a separate board where I map out just my financial goals specifically, and I visually see it, but I say them. And I think it's, it's power in doing that every single day, but reminding yourself. So put it, I tell my clients to trick yourself. I actually have affirmations on little post-it notes in different parts of my house so that I can't ever forget. So when I go to the bathroom, my mirror is there. You're more than enough. You're valuable right over here, over there. And so that you have a constant reminder, uh, every single day of who you are and the value that you bring to the world and what goals you want to accomplish. 
Yeah. You know, I'm so I need visual reminders because otherwise, like I just tend to fall off track or I forget to put the effort in. So like I need to do my journaling every day or I need to, you know, look at my vision board every day or my bucket list, which is kind of feel like I feel like your commitment board. It's like the same thing. Like, what am I committing to doing this year? Um, and so I think that's super important, super, super helpful. So I want to dive into some of the journey or questions that came through so we can make sure we answer those before we close out today's episode. Um, so journeyers, thank you so, so much for sending in your questions this week. As a reminder, if you want to be a part of the fun for future guests or future episodes, make sure you are following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you got this underscore the journey. I ask all the time what questions you have and I announce guests that are coming up just like Anya. So Anya, here are the questions that we have. Um, we'll start with question one. So this one was interesting and a little spicy and I kind of can relate to it. Not going to lie. I don't believe you need to bring others down to show value. However, I do feel that unintentionally in the workplace, it can feel that way. And when you show your value, it can end up hurting somebody else. How can you show value and maintain healthy friend work relationships? Mm, that's a really good question. Spicy. Uh, I, yeah, I like that. So I would say to this person to, to acknowledge that anytime you speak, you have to be aware that it's going to have some effect on the listener. That's just the reality of, of, of what the world is, right? That's such and a so good point. It is, but it doesn't necessarily mean you need to not be truthful in what it is you're saying, but ask yourself when you release those words, are they kind or are they unkind? Mm. If it has a specific purpose, go ahead and say it. But if it's not actually going to be kind and it's not for a specific purpose and it doesn't need to be said, I would say, don't say it. That's usually my rule of thumb. And it really is a case by case basis. But I don't think you should downplay yourself to make somebody else feel better. You are who you are. And I think you should walk in your excellence very proudly, but just be careful about the words you use and how you do it. Yeah. You know, something else too. And, and I love what you said, because I think that's so important. Like you got to make sure that how you're showing your value is in a respectable way where it's like, you've done everything you can, you did it the right way. Like you, it, you're not at fault here. But the other thing that I'm thinking, like, as you're answering that question also is like, you also can't control the way somebody interprets like your actions either. And I, I sometimes think too, that that is more so a reflection on their insecurities than it is of, of who you are and them being like mad at you for showing that it's more so like internally, I think they're struggling and they don't know their value either. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. And, and, and trust me, there, there's a lot that goes into that, particularly as an attorney. One of, one of the things like even just learning how to, to articulate arguments as a trial attorney, and I even teach this in some of my communication specific coaching, you have to understand who your target audience is, obviously, and, and what you're saying. So some things may be good to say to one audience that aren't going to be good to say to another audience. So you can pivot, I think, depending on who you're talking to, but the core message of what you're saying never changes. And so you can't change who you are and the value that you bring just because somebody is there and they just may not resonate with it or they have a problem with it. Those are haters. And sometimes haters are just going to be there. You know, I'm going to get back to the journey of questions in a minute because I just thought of a question while you were talking is like, okay, I'm not good with conflict or confrontation. I don't do well with it at all. Like, I think I used to be a like badass bitch in high school where I didn't care, but now I really care about people's feelings. <laughs> so it's hard for me. And so actually my question for you is like, you're a lawyer, like debating and standing up and giving your opinion is a part of the job like every single day. And for some people, when they're, they're coming up to that with like having to debate or having to go against somebody and share what their opinion is, it can make their confidence like shrivel up and then want to back away in a corner and be like, uh, uh, like I can't handle this. I don't want to do it. It's making me not feel confident in myself. What are your tips for that? Yeah, that is, there's, there's so many layers to it. And particularly in public speaking, I think there's usually some level of fear associated with it. So a lot of people that maybe don't speak naturally or don't believe that they're natural public speakers, it's associated with some type of fear. So maybe they got up in, in a classroom when they were in elementary school and the kids laughed or, or something. But where I would tell people to focus on in those situations is not to worry so much about other people and worry so much about 
how they're going to receive what you're saying, but just be clear on what it is that you're saying. As long as you're clear on your message, you have the better ability to actually communicate it with confidence. That's what I think really is at the core of really embodying your value. So when you know who you are, when you know what you can do, when you're clear on your message, you're actually going to show up more confidently and you're not actually going to care so much about what people think and what they have to say about it. Yes, it can be confrontational. And as an attorney, yeah, it's very adversarial. But going back to my acronym, I teach you to use your voice to advocate so others can learn and understand your excellence. I think our voices are our most powerful tools in our toolbox. It really is. But we have to really embody and embrace the voice that we have and just use it wholeheartedly with confidence. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And you know what? It's hard. Like, it's really hard to find that confidence in your voice because every time you speak, I think you're going to be faced with an adverse reaction where you're not ready for it and it's going to throw you off and it's going to make you question things. And maybe you shake, maybe your voice cracks, whoever it may be. And that that happens. But I do think there's power in our voices. And I, I think you're right. If you know your message, and it's not going to be swayed by somebody. I think it's when you go in and you're not so sure of yourself and you're so open to what the other person's going to throw at you that that's when you start to like, yeah, no, cloud your judgment and lose sight of what it is that you want to be putting out there. Yep. From, from my experience, that's exactly what it is. And so when I learned that, and, and, and it's funny, I, <laughs> when I did uh, my first time, I did an oral argument in law school. We actually had a class where the, we did a moot court oral argument. And I remember um, the first time I did it as a practice, I was like all over the place. Like, I just was like, okay, I think I know what I want to say. Oh my goodness. And it's because I was rushing. I didn't have a clear organization or structure of what I was saying. And it just came out like all, it was all over the place. It was a mess. But once I finally actually spent the time on the message and with clarity and knew exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it was like night and day. And that's part of one of the, the, the ways that I realized I was, you know, really meant for speaking. But there's a clear difference when I'm showing up confidently and when I'm not and people can pay, they, they know it. And that's why I tell people you have to be authentically you at all times. Don't try to be something else. Don't try to say what somebody else is saying. Be you, be your own message, be authentically you. And it doesn't really matter. Mm, that is a perfect segue into question number two. I think this definitely goes a, a, in line with what you are saying. So the next question was, it feels like everybody is already doing everything on social media. How can I show value and stand out when I feel like there are thousands of people already showing the value that I have to give? Yep. I would go back to what I said earlier is that they aren't showing the value you have to give because the value you have to give can only be brought by you. It's so simple, but I understand why people feel that way because it is. I mean, social media, there's coaches and everybody is doing so much of the, you know, quote, same thing. But I really believe that everybody individually has their own value to bring. And, and he, here's another thing. And this is maybe a different way for some people that may not still get it. Think about your own personal story and your experience. It's different. I don't care if you're doing the exact same thing as somebody else, your experience in life, what you had to go through to get to where you are is going to be 100% different from somebody else. No one's life story is the same. So think about it in terms of your life experience, and then use your experience in your story and how you actually show up and present your value. And that is what's going to make you unique. Yeah. You know, when, some, when I saw this question come through, it kind of stung for me a little bit because I was in a coaching program with a coach who we were talking about like how to stand out on social media and, you know, really like showing who you want to be and what your message is. And I, you know, was the volunteer at the time speaking with this coach one-on-one -on -one, and they had said to me, okay, great. Shannon's a mental health advocate who wants people to live a happy and healthier lifestyle. Awesome. There's a dime a dozen of you out there. And that stung. And I know it was tough love in the right way because it was like, that's a very generic message. You have to get more clear, but it stung. And it made me, it made me instead of sitting there and like taking the feedback and like using it, it made me go, there's a dime a dozen out there. Like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? It did play some doubts. So, like, I feel like I could totally relate to what this person's asking. And it's it's hard when it's like social media is so saturated. It's everybody out there is doing a lot of things. Not everything. Like you said, it's like who you are. But 
But I have to say it stung when I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I first got out here and started like coaching, I had a couple people that were like, you're, you're going into, there's so many coaches. What are you doing? Like, you're just going to fail. Like you're a lawyer. Why are you coaching? doesn't make sense. And I mean, I've even had people that have like, you know, jokingly posted my, my uh, links on certain message boards, because as I mentioned, I did run for mayor of my town. So I, I do have some people that are, you know, I guess, haters or I don't know what you want to call them that like to just throw things my way to kind of throw me off. And I don't pay attention to it. But one of them was like, Oh, you know, she's a life coach now. (laughs) And just like, you know, trying to kind of do it as like a dig against me. And I'm like, "Uh, you guys can say whatever you want. But I know what my purpose is. And, And I think that that's really the key here. When you really understand your purpose, who you're called to serve, and why you're actually meant to do it, and you you blend that with your story, doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Everybody can try to say you're doing the same thing and that, but it's not. You're always going to be uniquely different. But it does matter in the sense of how you're actually communicating it. I will say that the words that you use and how you use them is important because that is going to show how you're uniquely different from somebody else. Guys, I swear I didn't show Anya these journey or questions, but every time you give an answer, it's like a perfect segue (laughs) into the next one, because the next question is any tips for making a really good value proposition statement, which is like exactly what you're talking about. Yep, 100%. And so I do have a course on this. So um, you guys can certainly check that out on my website. But um, one of the, the main things that I tell people is to be clear on who you are, who you're actually talking to, who that target audience is, how you add value and what the why is. So I'm going to focus on the why, because I think that's the piece that people tend to miss. When Mm -hmm. I talk about why, I want you to not answer why just focused on why you're doing what you're doing or why someone should continue to listen to you. I think that that is important. But I also want you to be clear on what your why is. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is your purpose? And that's really shedding light on your experience. You're doing what you're doing because of something that you've experienced in your own life. Most people don't show up and say, I'm just going to be a lawyer just because. I, I know some people do, but the ones that are actually truly doing what they're called to do, you're doing it because of something specific that you experience in your life. It may not even be you personally. Maybe you witnessed it on behalf of a family member, but for some reason or another, you're compelled and called to this particular type of person to do this particular thing because of your specific and particular experiences. And so if you can hone in on that and do it in a very clear and concise way, you're well on your way to a value statement. Yeah. You know, I think too, you have to get um, very specific, which is exactly like you're saying, like in that why, in that meaning and in what you're saying, like, I think, I don't know, in my opinion, I think you have to write it probably like 50 times because your first statement is going to be so generic and basic. There probably won't be any emotion in it. I'd imagine it's going to take a while. I mean, wouldn't you say until you find like you've really fine tuned it and gotten it to where it's like, wow, that drives some emotion in me. And like, now I get it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And one of the things I actually teach people is you can have multiple value statements. It doesn't have to be just one, but you may have a core value statement that you always go back to when you show up, but it's going to evolve. When I first started my work, I wasn't fully the value coach, but I was working with the pre-law and law students. So my initial value statement was I equip pre-law and law students to achieve their lawyer dreams by effectively communicating their value. That's not incorrect, but that's not exactly what I would consider my value statement right now because I've shifted who it is I'm called to serve, right? So now I'm focused on leaders, lawyers, and legislators, but specifically narrowing it down to women. And if I got even more specific, I would say women of color and Black women, right? So there's so many things that you can do to really, really niche, niche down. But once you know who you're talking to, it's a lot easier to communicate it. And one other tip I would say say is focus on the pain points and how you can actually solve them. That's a big thing. If you can explain to your target audience what their pain is and how you're going to help them solve it, 
they're going to want to send you as much money as possible because don't nobody want to have these problems. They want it solved. So if you're the one that's going to be able to do it for them. Go ahead and get your checkbooks out and, and start <laughs> cashing those checks. Okay. <laughs> no, I love this. You know, I, I got to be totally honest with you guys. Like niching down is still to this day so hard for me. It was very hard for me when I was starting to get very clear on my business because like you want to say all the things like it's like to niche down. It almost feels like, but I'm so much more than that. Like there's so much more that I do. And there's so many more things I want to say and so many more people that I can serve. And it, it really is like hard to, to, I want to say break up with. Cause I liked what you said that you can have multiple statements. It's not like you don't do those things. It's just not, I, I think when you try to say everything all at once, it's like, nobody knows who or what to come to you. Right. Like that's why we have to niche down, but, but it is difficult. I will say for myself. I get it for sure. One thing I always tell my clients to when you finish your value statement, realize that this is meant to just be a starter. So Mm -hmm. it's not the end of the conversation. You don't have to tell them everything in this quick 30, 40. You're not going to be able to do that. But what you want them to say is after you've said your value statement, they're now curious and they say, hmm, tell me more. That is the best response you can get to your value statement. Because once you get them, now you can add more value and tell them more specifically how you can help them. And and, and I'll and I'll be clear too, your value statement isn't just something that you use for business, because I realize everyone listening to this may not be an entrepreneur or a business owner, but mm-hmm. you can use your value statement for networking. You can use your value statement for job interviews. But the point is you're being clear about who you are, what value you bring to the person you're speaking to and how or why they should continue to listen to you and have a further conversation. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you said it. Like it's literally just the starter and then they'll go to the mains and we'll get to the dessert and they'll hear everything that you have to offer. Like (laughs) it's just, it's so true though. It's like, it's not that you have to shut the door on anything. It's just choosing how we're going to get their foot in the door. I really, really think that that's really important. Um, Anya, this was such a great conversation. I think you've helped me so much. I know that you've helped the journeyers today and I'm sure they're going to want to connect with you and see how they can work with you and see all the things that you're doing. So just take the next couple of minutes and tell us everything you got going on. Where can we find you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So if you guys are listening, you can absolutely check out my website, thevaluecoach.com. I am also on all social media platforms, including Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm not on Twitter as much, but at the Value Coach on there as well. Um, really, the best way you can work with me is um, going to my website, scheduling a call with me, and I can talk to you sort of about where your goals are. Like, I said, my focus is really uh, working with leaders, lawyers, and legislators, but particularly women. If you're someone that's struggling and you're not sure of what your next step what your next step is, you realize that you're called for more, but you're just not sure how to tap into your highest level, your highest potential. You probably need my help as the value coach. But one thing I do want to stress to people is that even if you're not clear on what your value is and maybe what your next step is, understand that you are valuable. Today, you're valuable. It doesn't matter what you're doing, who you're communicating with, how much money you have in your bank account. I want all women, particularly my women of color, to understand just how valued they are by showing up as their authentic selves. But if you guys want to check me out, feel free to go to my website. I am doing a summit coming up. It's going to be this summer on Saturday, July 16th. It's going to be my first annual You Are Valuable Summit from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So be on the look out for that. So if you go to my website and sign up for my free uh, worksheet, seven reasons why you aren't getting your value, you will get on my mailing list and I will send you some more details about that as it comes up. So thank you so much, Shannon. Awesome. I love that. I'm going to have to get that free course because I'm curious, you know, something else, like I think that I try to keep an open mind about, and I want everybody listening to is like, even if you think you know yourself, like even if you think you know your value and what is it you want, like always just dig deeper and try new resources and try new things because you don't know, like that is the growth mindset. And so even though, you know, maybe I feel like I know my value, I want to take your freebie and I want to see like, what, what is it that's maybe missing that I could be just improving on a bit. So guys take her up on that offer, connect with her. I'm going to be posting her website 
um, Instagram handles, all social medias in the show notes and tagging her on Instagram. So make sure you connect so that you guys can see all this exciting stuff happening. But Anya, before we close out today's episode, did you bring a quote that you would like to share with the journeyers? Ooh, a quote. Okay. I have so many, but I'm going to go with um, Brene Brown's quote because um, this really resonated with me, particularly focusing on leaders. And so a leader is someone or anyone that takes responsibility for finding potential in people and processes and who has the courage to develop that potential. So I'll leave you with that. Ooh, and you know what? Brene Brown is a very popular, like quoted person on this podcast. I have not heard that one yet. So thank you. (laughs) That's a really good one. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Janet. Oh my gosh. Of course. Well, thank you journeyers for listening in. I will see you next week for another episode of you got this, the journey, but until then always remember through every high, every low, every positive, every negative, every up, every down, whatever it may be. Always remember You got this.